Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. And we are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You. So if you haven't grabbed your free Becoming Your Best Self Startup Kit yet, you can text RISE Podcast to 797979. That's Rise Podcast to 797979, and you'll be supported both personally and professionally. Now, today's guest is Tanya Woods Richardson. Now, she's a serial entrepreneur, a financial strategist, and a money mentalist. With over 30 years of entrepreneurial experience, uh, Tanya is the creator of Money Mastery Matrix and the founder of Epiphany Financial Group, Nail the Numbers, and Champs of Change. And she has helped thousands of entrepreneurs in reinventing their financial reality through the mechanics, science, and biology of money mastery. And we had an amazing conversation around this. And as one of her clients has once said, Tanya is not disrupting the financial industry. She is reconstructing it. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Tanya Woods Richardson. Well, welcome Tanya to the Rise Up For You podcast. Hey, Leanne, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for our conversation. So share with our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm a single mom. I have a beautiful 11-year-old daughter, Sophie. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. So I've been an entrepreneur for the vast majority of my life at this point. I started my first business when I was 18. I've had eight businesses. I currently have three. It's kind of just in my DNA. It's what I love to do. And I think what's really important for this call specifically is, um, although I'm a financial strategist and neuroeconomics expert, I think it's important for the audience to know that for a good chunk of my life, I've actually struggled with money problems. Um, Being in debt in my late teens, $21,000 worth of debt. That wasn't student debt. Mm. No, that was consumer debt. (laughs) Um, Accepting low paying jobs and, and not paying myself. So I'm really excited to be here just to share uh, some insights on, on money mastery because I've been where a lot of people are and uh, I, I believe I have some important uh, tidbits to share with people. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's dive into that because uh, that is a big conversation. So um, yeah. So how is it that you help people now? Well, again, financial strategy. So it's it's really, I do a lot of work uh, with entrepreneurs to help them build financially viable business models. Mm-hmm. So yes, do what you love to do, you know, be the technician. Um, you know, Michael Gerber, the e-myth mystery, the, the sorry, the, the e-myth, right? E-myth. Mm-hmm. Um, being the, you know, being the technician and, and uh, doing that piece, but it is so important to be making money in business. So I not only teach uh, entrepreneurs how to build that strategy, but then once you have the strategy, I show them what's been holding them back because we know what we need to do with money. Most of us know, we know that we shouldn't be overspending, right? (laughs) We know that we should be diligent with where we're putting it, but it's about understanding why we're not doing what we know we should be doing or why we're doing the stuff we know we shouldn't be doing. So that's the behavioral finance piece, which I I love to wrap my head around. Yeah, that's so important. And that's such a, uh, 
really the foundation, right? It's what is the money mindset? What are the beliefs? What, you know, what is uh, either uh, messages you got in the past or, you know, that you're still living out now. And so I think that that's such a huge piece of, like you said, it's, 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 you know, the, the, the tips and tricks and strategy around where to put money, what to do with it, but it's the deeper belief around that. So share a little bit about some of the, um, you know, clients you work with and stories around and how you help with that. I love it. So, yeah. Um, so maybe what I'll do, if it's okay, is I'll step back and I'll just share like the first aha moment that, to actually bring me to my learning, which I'm now able to share with clients because I wasn't always sharing um, money tips. I wasn't always a financial strategist. Mm. And so it's, um, it's the whispers to a brick, right? We live this pattern as you were talking about, we continue to repeat over and over mm. and over again. And so I continued to, to get these little whispers, whether it was that $21,000 of debt or whether it was not earning what I knew I should be earning. And, uh, and then it was 2009. So the year after 2008, we all know what happened in that, uh, in that window. It was 2009 and I was forced to declare bankruptcy. My business, um, it had to, I had to call it insolvent. I had to call it quits. So that was my big brick. That was my wake up call. And I think like a lot of people right now, especially right now through COVID, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of insecurity, um, a lot of vulnerability because we're not seeing the bankruptcies yet. But for me in bankruptcy, the worst part of it was actually the lead up because of the uncertainty, because of not knowing what to expect. It was just this dread. So the, the bankruptcy in 2009, it, uh, it was definitely my rock bottom. It was my brick, but it was also my pivot point. And it's what really forced me to wake up, to understand how to manage money. And it's what forced me to take the next 10 years, quite honestly, to research and apply three different principles. It was understanding the mechanics of money, the science of money, and the biology of money. And so a lot of us get stuck in the what to do with it right? Like, where do we save it? How do we invest it? All of that piece. But what I have come to learn and understand is that it actually takes three different areas that need to converge for us to finally get a hold of money. One is money management, which is the money mechanics. Two is money mindset. And by that, I mean, just understanding where your blocks have been. Why do you keep repeating the same things over and over and over again? even though you know you're doing the wrong thing or you're dreading having it happen to you again, (laughs) we keep doing it. So understanding the mindset piece. And the third piece is motive and understanding why we actually want the money that we want. So that's really what I'm I'm so excited to, to chat with you about today, because it's those three realms that need to come together, not just one of them independently, right? It's not just about money management. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Let's let's dive into that a little bit more. So the mechanics, the what to do. Um, give us a little bit about that, about your belief okay. around that. Love it. So what I realized in bankruptcy right off the top is that we, well, not right off the top, I'd say about nine months into bankruptcy because you're forced to budget, right? Because half of everything you make goes back to the government mm. and every month you have to report. So I realized that, oh my gosh, I've been getting this all backwards. We actually live in a society where we do what we can with what we make. 
we actually don't really understand how much needs to be earned to do what needs to be done, right? We're just always kind of scraping by mm-hmm. for, for the most part, or actually I'll get into this later, because sometimes it's not always scraping by. Sometimes I can work with multimillionaires that have tons of money, but then they're hoarding it. So we're all doing what we think we, we need to do. So when it comes to money management, for the most part, most people are, are doing what they can with what they make. And just a little caveat here, because I am going to get into what I believe is the right approach. And just for the audience listening right now, I know we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And this is not necessarily the time to start figuring out how much do you need to be investing and saving. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's interested, if you go to my website, and I'll share that later, there is what I call the stronghold budget which is just how to hold the line through COVID. Hmm. So it's not necessarily the application that we're going to get into here. But I um, I have a question for you. When we think about money management, when you think about it, what are we typically teaching people to do when it comes to money management? What do you think of when you think of money management? What core areas? Um, well, you know, the pie, right? The pieces of the pie, what needs to be invested in, in value yes. and growth and international and bonds and all the things I'm never yeah. quite clear about, but here that yeah. it should go there. Or like when we were little, the jars, right? The three jars, yes. the money you spend, the money you save and the money you give away. So yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that was it. You're right. That's what we've been, that's what we've been taught. Right. And that's what we've been teaching our kids. So what I realized is that there isn't three pillars. There's there's actually five pillars mm. to financial management. So yes, what we save. So save is short-term security. Save is the emergency fund. We do not save to spend. That's what we've been teaching everybody. That's what we teach our kids. You want the book? You save up your you money. Save you up want for the vacation? it. Yeah. You save up your money, right? <laughs> the language is so key. So savings is short-term security. It's your emergency fund. You don't touch it. Hmm. investing is actually long-term security and for the most part investing is money making money but for the express purpose of having a nest egg when you need to retire it's long-term security so we've got save we've got invest when it comes to spending this is when it gets kind of you know very gray for people i break it down into what are your needs what are your wants what is the splurge account? So this is your allowance, right? These are all these highly discretionary items. And then there's debt because most people right now are saddled with debt and they're trying to get out of it. So we have to figure out how much do we start setting aside so we can get out of debt. And then the two other categories, which most people don't think about sharing. And when I think of sharing, it is yes, philanthropy and it's charity. And what do you think the number one reason why people don't share is? The number one reason I hear why clients go, oh, no, I I can't put money into sharing right now. They don't think they have enough. Maybe they don't think they have enough. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Isn't that interesting, right? It's such a telling story. There's not enough money for me, let alone to share. So we figure out that number. And then once we calculate all of that, and everyone can do this at home, when you actually figure out how much do you need to put into savings every month? How much do you actually need to be investing every month? So you can make your nest egg number. You figure out your spending, your sharing. That then reveals what I call the, well, it's not quite the magic number yet, but when you add all of that up, it's going to give you a number that's actually going to say, this is what you need to be earning. And then what we need to add on top of that is another category of sharing, which is tax. And this is where our entrepreneurs get hit every single time. 
because they bring the money home and they forget, ah, darn it, 25, 33% of that needs to go to taxes. So we add on the tax and then we get what's called the magic number. This is how much we really do need to be earning in our household every month to take care of ourselves financially. This isn't winning the big ticket. This is just being safe and secure. And it's what uh, it's a it's a number that a lot of people hide from because they're afraid of actually seeing what that number is going to be. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's a a, a fear of. Uh, not being able to do what you want to do, right? So they hide from the number because it's like, no, I don't want to be told I can't get what I want when I want it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. There's so many reasons. There's the, the scarcity. Mm. I think a lot of people, when they come into my program, they're like, oh, you're going to put me on this debt diet. No, I'm not going to be allowed to spend. Right. This is a big part of the, 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 the spending piece too, is that life is meant to be experienced and we should be budgeting for those experiences. Right. So it's uh, it's interesting because you get to determine what that number is. But again, most people hide from it. And for the entrepreneurs that are listening, what's so important about this magic number is that it's been my experience in working with entrepreneurs for the last 10 years is that the majority of entrepreneurs aren't paying themselves a, a fair market salary if they're paying themselves at all, right? They wait till the very end of the month, they take whatever the business can afford them, they're taking a dividend and a draw. But here's what I want them to know is that that magic number now is what the business should be affording them. Mm. That should be the owner's salary or the owner's salary plus the dividend. That's what the business needs to get into the position of being able to afford them. And so in business, we do the exact same approach. We do it bottom up. And we do the same sort of budgeting, but with a profit at the end so that everything makes sense and we've got a magic number in business too. But that's the piece of money management is it's actually very simple, but the first piece is getting crystal clear, crystal clear on what you need to create. Mm. Because the majority of people out there, everyone's complaining. Have you noticed? Mm. Because they don't have enough time. They don't have enough appreciation. There's not enough love. There's not (laughs) enough money. And then you ask people, well, how much do you need? right? How much love do you need? What would be enough appreciation? How much time, how much money? And everyone draws a blank. Right. So we have to get crystal, crystal clear on what needs to be created. That's the money management piece. Beautiful. Perfect. Well, let's talk about the science and biology because that's, I'm a science geek. So I love that part. (laughs) All right. So yeah. So, so, you know, step one, now you uncover this magic number. Everyone's like, (laughs) You know, they're scared, they're fearful, they're like, how the heck is this going to happen? They're doubtful. So there's only two reasons why we don't make the magic number. The first is we had no idea what it was to start off with. And the second reason is because 95% of the decisions that we are making every day, and I'm going to, we're obviously talking about financial decisions now, but of all the decisions that we make, 95% of those are coming from our subconscious. That's how our mind is wired. And our subconscious, if we have not been making our magic number, it's important to know that our subconscious is not motivated by the magic number. It doesn't care. So once we know what the magic number is, it's important for us to realize that just knowing it is not now going to motivate the subconscious to go make it happen. Because the subconscious actually wants to stay in a state that it is familiar with. 
Now, some people will say comfortable, and I'm deliberately not using the <laughs> word comfortable because for a lot of people, they're like, well, debt doesn't feel comfortable, right? Not making the, not earning the money I need doesn't feel comfortable. So I uh, intentionally am using familiar with. So what's important for us to realize in mindset, now I have a different, my approach to mindset is a little different from, I think, what a lot of other people might be suggesting here. And when I say mindset, I want us to realize what is at the core of the programming our subconscious is choosing to use for, for the decisions that it makes. So that programming is actually formed by three specific, um, three specific streams. One is the developmental programming. So everything that we witnessed from zero on to seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, all the experts vary on terms of, in, in terms of how, you know, what that, what that age is. Mm -hmm. But when we think about developmental programming, what's important for people to hear here is that it is the situations that they observed. And this isn't just about financial situations. This is about go back and think about what did your life look like? How were you nurtured? How are you cared for? Because that's what really, that's what money does for us, right? It, it nurtures us. It cares for us. It provides us with that foundation of living. So when we think back about those situations, it's, you know, what did we hear? What did we see? Right? Were there arguments? Was, was dad earning the money? Was mom spending the money? Was dad earning the money? Was mom managing the money? Did, did dad kind of hide all of his emotions? Did mom express all of them through stress, right? Or maybe it was completely the opposite. So what did we hear? What did we see? What did we feel, right? What was the mm. energy? Were we always moving homes? Were we moving cities? Or was there uh, congruency? Was there consistency? Was there love? Was there friendship? Or was there pressure? And also think about how did we earn the love and respect and acceptance of our parents? Was it through performance? Was it through humor? Was it through taking on more responsibility? Because all of these things start to add up. That becomes our programming. So what happens is these situations arrive in our, our, arise in our life. We observe them and then we make an interpretation. So our brain decides to interpret that situation a specific way and that's where we need to take responsibility because there's a million ways to interpret that situation. And then we attach an emotion to it. So it's the emotion that forms the programming. So outside of developmental, the second area of programming is what we call inherited programming or the science of epigenetics, mm -hmm. which is now proving that if we go back three generations, in time any unresolved trauma that our grandmother experienced is what gets passed on down to us so what you know this is where people need to sit down for this one this is kind of a, a, a head nodder is or a jaw dropper head nodder jaw dropper if we think back to our grandmother when she was five months pregnant with our mother our precursor cell was being established in her womb all at that same time. So basically that's saying that our, uh, we're sharing the same cellular environment, our grandmother, our mother, and ourselves. we're all in the same spot at the same time. 
So whatever our grandmother is experiencing, and when we think about that generation, many of, of our grandparents came from war-torn countries, right? Experiencing depression, famine, loss, conflict, mm. whatever was going on there has been embedded at a cellular level in us. So when I'm working with clients, the inherited trauma is oftentimes the trauma that we can't explain financially, right? It's the people that won't carry cash in their wallet because they are sure they're going to lose it. They don't know why they didn't lose money when they were younger, but they are just sure that that money is going to be gone or they're carrying a huge sense of guilt or shame. And they don't know where that comes from. Mm. They're afraid that things are going to light up on fire. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see that inherited piece. And then the third piece, Leanne, is just the, it's the in utero and it's it, the in utero experience. So our first emotional environment that we have is actually that when we are in utero with our, with our birth mother. And so whatever she is experiencing emotionally is actually forming our programming as well. And so they've proven now that if our mother is emotionally detached for whatever reason, perhaps there was miscarriages beforehand, there was uh, maybe abortions or adoptions, or maybe something is happening with a sibling or a partner or her family member, something's happening financially. If the attention for whatever reason is distracted from us in utero, this little fetus that's growing, it is actually shown that the development of our brain cells actually move from developing the prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of our brain, into the limbic system, this, this primitive piece of our brain to keep us, to keep us strong. It's mm. going now into the security mechanism. And then it actually starts to develop our limbs. It goes from our core into strengthening our limbs as a fetus. And so basically, in essence, what it's doing is it's building this little mini warrior in utero to survive this environment where this little baby isn't getting the nurturing and the emotional attention that it actually needs because it doesn't feel safe. Mm. And what I find so fascinating about this is I believe this is why the vast majority of us don't save and don't invest because our programming knows and is familiar with an environment that didn't feel safe. That's why we're not intentionally not saving or investing, but this is why we overspend or we choose jobs that don't bring in the money to allow us to save or invest. So this is how it all comes together. So this is the basis of, yeah. of the mindset. And what's really important for people to understand here is that with mindset, and this is where I got stuck for almost a decade, is that I wanted to fix it. I wanted to fix the programming. I wanted to do all the forgiveness exercises and dig deeper and go, you know, what is at the root of it all? And what I realized is the more we stay stuck in trying to fix it, it's doing exactly that, we're staying stuck. And then we're not creating the money because we're, we're, we're in a very different place emotionally and mentally, right? We're assuming something's broken and we're not broken. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, totally. Totally. It's intense. It's intense. It's not just about money. You know, it's not just about, like you said, the mechanics. It's it's so much deeper and it makes so much sense because it's like our relationship with money oftentimes is our relationship with food, our relation, our love relationships. Our, it, it's so connected. 
oh, you've nailed it, Leanne. That's exactly it. And, yeah. you know, that's that's my disclaimer when people sign up for the money course. <laughs> <laughs> Just be prepared for shifts all over, right? Even with relationships. Mm-hmm. Because this is truly when I started to do this work for myself, this is what led to my separation. Mm-hmm. Because I started to shift. I started to see what was going on and I became a different person. And my partner at the time didn't want to become a different person in parallel. They wanted to stay where they were at. So we just didn't fit anymore. It was that simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. When you grow and you learn and you, and you like, I can feel your, your energy and, and uh, just, you're, you know, this is what your DNA is calling you to do to expose this yes. for people, right? To be able to, to yeah. say, look, this is deeper than just what you might think. And we need to go back and we need to look at this and, to really make the empowered shifts that need to be made. Yes. When I love that you say that because it is, it's about going back and looking at it. The mindset piece, the objective is just to become aware. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I've been doing that. Oh my gosh, I've been doing that. Oh my gosh, I've been doing that. There's a, a money type quiz on my website. We'll share later the address, but sometimes it was that money type quiz that I took that got me realizing, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. And what brought tears to my eyes was not the fact that um, this is what I'm doing to myself. It was the realization of, oh my God, this is what I'm passing on to my daughter. I'm passing this on to her. It needs to stop now. So what's really important here is that how, and I don't want to say how we fix it, because really the work that we need to do, we're not going to get into fixing it. We have to reprogram. That's all we do. We reprogram. So if what programmed our subconscious in the first place was emotions, mm-hmm. emotions are what actually change the cellular molecular structure of these, of these, 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 um, of, of the atoms, mm-hmm. then we have to choose new emotions, new emotions. Emotions are what reprogram our subconscious. So this is the third piece, which is motive. And so the question for everyone, they all need to answer this. If you're struggling with money, I want you A, to understand how much money do you want to make, get crystal clear, get crystal clear on where you've been sabotaging yourself, right? Like what keeps you on the loop? And then the third piece is why is making that money important to you? Why? Why, 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 why? And that's going to be so uncomfortable for people because they won't know it. It's not familiar to their subconscious. So it's going to be an awkward exercise because they're going to be like, I don't really get it. I don't know. (laughs) So I'm going to give an example here to walk people through this. If your motivation is safety and security, if that's what the motivation is, if that's what your first level is, then what you have to do, it's not enough to just say, I want to feel safe and secure. You have to feel it. You have to feel what safe and secure feels like. And so most people are going to go, well, I don't know what it feels like because obviously we've been resisting it. Our subconscious has, but I guarantee, I guarantee people listening, there are aspects of safety and security all around them right in this moment. It could be the tires on their car. It could, could be the security system um, in their home. It could be the equity that they have in their home. It could be a line of credit. Whatever it is, you just need to find one thing that makes you feel, okay, there's safety there. I can feel what that feels like. And the more often we feel it, this is what we're showing our subconscious now. This is what we are working towards. 
we're working towards feeling safe and secure. So the more we can let our subconscious know what safety and security feels like, and it's the feeling, it's the emotion, then our subconscious, this is the really cool part of all of this, our subconscious then starts to make different decisions on our behalf because we can't get away from it making 95% of our decisions. We can't get away from that. Mm. We just can't. Our brain isn't wired for it. So when we start to let it know what safety and security feels like, if that's your word, then it goes, oh, okay, I'm getting this. And then you wake up one morning and you're like, actually feel like putting money on my on my credit card mm-hmm. right like I feel like paying down that debt or I feel like going through my numbers and getting my tax return done early or you know whatever it is and you're like why is this happening and that's why it's happening yeah. so everybody keeps thinking it's all this prefrontal cortex work and it's it's not it's not the thinking it's it's just the, the it's the subconscious that we need to be programmed yeah. by letting it know what that emotional state feels like Absolutely, absolutely, right? That lizard brain of ours. <laughs> and you know what? To treat it with such love and compassion because it's what's kept us alive. So not being angry at it, right? Thank you for the work that you're doing. I know that you're, you know, it's in your best interest to to, to keep us alive through <laughs> this. And I so appreciate you and so respect you. And let's just do it a little differently now, shall we? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, wow, that is a lot of cool information and uh, it's it's I know our audience has gained so much from that just to get past what you think it is right and consciously think it is and to, to the layers so thank you for that I'm glad that's thank awesome you. yeah absolutely well let's move on to our power questions that we love to ask all our guests so what is one book that's had a massive impact on you uh the alchemist Paulo Coelho. It's, um, I think it, for me, it's the anchor. It's what I always come back to because it's really just a metaphor for our life, right? Pick a, pick a goal, live your life, signs show up along the way. I think an important piece of this is that it's about recognizing that, um, things are always happening for you, mm-hmm. not to you. Right. And, and as cliche as it is, cliche is just, you know, time honored truth. It's, it really is about the journey. Life is about the journey and all this pressure we put on ourselves all the time to get it right. And just let that go and enjoy the experience and just know that everything is working serendipitously to get you to where you want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about one quote that you live by? I love uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, do one thing a day that scares you. And how I interpret that is that I know when I am doing the work that is uncomfortable for me, that's when I know I'm changing my programming. Mm. Because if it was comfortable, then that's a path that I've already set. As soon as I do the work that is uncomfortable, I know I'm starting to make those shifts and changes to get me on to a a whole new path. So, you know, in my experience with clients, if they were to just do one to two things every morning, if that's how they started their day, everybody's like working 80% of the time, Mm -hmm. right? Working hard. Mm -hmm. If they just did one to two things a day that made them uncomfortable, their life would dramatically change uh, in a very short amount of time. So yeah, that's, that's the quote I love. I love her. That is a great one. She is awesome. Uh, okay, so if you had one final message to leave the world, like your golden nugget, what would it be? 
Um, I'm I'm going to share this one. It's actually it's it's kind of a, a spinoff uh, Misty uh, Misty Crawford's quote, but uh, I like to say that you can start late in life. Like I started figuring out money. Um, I would say I was in my 40s when I thought, okay, let's get this together, late 30s, early 40s. So you can start late, you can start from a deficit position, a bankruptcy, a divorce, a, a, you know. Um, you can stumble with every single step that you take forward. You can make mistakes and you can continue to make those mistakes. And despite all of that, despite it all, you can still succeed financially. So, you know, from that, I want people to take away this feeling of hope because how you feel right now about your financial situation is what you're in the process of creating more of. So I'm sharing that nugget with people because I want them to know that there's hope out there. Mm. It doesn't matter how low you're feeling right now, how low your bank account is. There's always a way through, always a way through. Nice. Beautiful. Before I ask my last question, how can we find and support you? Uh, well, connecting with me, I'm probably most active on uh, Instagram. So Tanya Woods Richardson is, is where you can find me there. But I've got uh, got accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. But Instagram, again, is where I've, I usually post most of my content. And then supporting me is actually supporting yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you can just create awareness and get some aha moments out there for the audience, right, that's listening right there, if they start to take initiative and gain awareness around where they've been blocking themselves anything that resonated today would be would be great but um i mentioned it before that if if you want if they want to take the money type quiz for anybody who's listening if you go to epiphany.ca so it's uh, e-p-i-f-a-n-y.ca you're going to see a quiz on that home page and it's called the money type quiz and that is going to show you your money type. So the behaviors that are serving you and the behaviors that are not serving you financially. And usually that is a great place of uh, a great place to start when it comes to awareness around around your, your money behaviors. Mm, beautiful. OK, our last question is, as you know, we are rise up for you. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me personally, over the last 10 years, what it's really symbolized is for us to know that um, we're not broken. And so rising up for me is actually stepping back and seeing all the layers that we've accumulated over the decades and the years of being told no and that we've got it wrong and they've just led to doubt and insecurity and all of those layers have just really dulled our brilliance right mm -hmm. we haven't been able to shine because of the layers so stepping back seeing that and then having the courage to remove them so that we can shine and then when we shine we light one another's path so that they can start to shine too so mm -hmm. rising up for me is that stepping back and allowing yourself to shine so that others can rise Mm, beautiful goosebumps <laughs> love it thank you tanya so much for your time today for your wisdom i know it served our audience and i so appreciate you being on the podcast my pleasure thank you for the opportunity leanne thank you for joining us today on the rise up for you podcast series we're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of if you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. 
Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly. And also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode. But until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.